Hello, and welcome to Modern Leader, the podcast where we aim to inspire, empower, and grow our subscribers. I'm really excited about today's topic. Today, we're going to be discussing how to transition into an executive role. And to unpack that conversation, we have a certified HR professional who also serves as an executive recruiter at a corporation. Um, with that said, I want to welcome Sam. Good morning, Anthony. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm super excited to be here today and, and chatting with you about this. I think this is a topic uh, that is relevant to a lot of our subscribers, people who have been in the field for a while, and they're trying to take that next step into an executive role. So I'm really excited to um, provide them with some words of wisdom from uh, your, your years of experience and, um, and just time working in, in this field. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here today as well. Awesome. Well, before we dive into all that, um, I really like to keep Modern Leader uh, as a company and as a podcast, a place where we're inclusive and where everybody feels comfortable and welcomed. Um, and to do that, I like to make sure that we lead as humans first. So with that said, I like to just uh, do a quick icebreaker with, with my guests so we can just learn a little bit about each other before we dive into giving advice and, and unpacking um, the topics at hand. Is that, is that cool with you? Absolutely. I'm right. ready. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to just pull a random card here and let's see what the question is. All right, so this one is, what is your favorite day of the week? Hmm, so what's your favorite day? My favorite day of the week, I will have to say it's Thursday. There is something about Thursday where you feel accomplished because you have already spend your first three days of the week, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Feels like Thursday brings the vibe of the weekend. It's almost here. Um, it's a good day to maybe go out on, an, on the afternoon or, you know, visit with friends. At least for me, it's just like my easiest day. And it's like, well, Friday will be here tomorrow and then the weekend. So Thursday definitely is my favorite day. Oh. What about you? Yeah, no, I really like that. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, it's kind of like a like a pre-weekend day. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. For me, I don't know, it's weird. I think Tuesday, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the other, I'm on the opposite end. I think Tuesday because um, when I think work-wise, I feel like Mondays, it's like, you don't really know what you're getting into when you, you know, when you get back to the <laughs> office, you're like, who knows what's going, what's going on? Um, there's probably a whole bunch of things that we got to figure out. And then by Tuesday, I'm like, okay, like, I already know what's in front of me. I know what the week looks like. It's easier for me to plan out the rest of the week. So I guess because I'm, I'm a big planner, it like Mondays are uh, somewhat of a source of anxiety, so to speak, right? Because it's like, it's a mystery. Who knows what, what's on the other side of the weekend? Um, but by Tuesday, huh. I'm feeling good. I know kind of what I need to tackle that week. Um, you so have set your pace. That makes sense. Yeah. So I love Tuesdays. And then like, the I mean, of course, uh, the obvious would be like Saturday, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, if I, if I picked a day outside of the weekend, uh, it would definitely be Tuesday. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive right in here. Uh, the first topic that I want to talk about is degree versus experience. I think there's a two different schools of thought as uh, so the two, uh, what kind of primes you to, to be ready for an executive role. So I wanted to get your, your input on, you know, is it a degree? Is it experience? What do you think is uh, the most important part when, when somebody is considering an executive role to, to prepare? 
You know, it's it's a very good question, very interesting, and we can go on and on on this topic. But I guess I will share to you uh, just based on experience. Um, and I, as a matter of fact, I was just thinking this morning, you know, I, I was playing live with my kids a couple of nights ago, the, the board game, and you have two choices, right? Either earn a degree and you have to pay a certain amount of money right off the bat or just start you know working on on a working life with without having any privileges of of any roles or any careers that require a degree so i thought that was you know mind-blowing it was an interesting dynamic that we had that night at home and i will talk to you about experience i feel that it is a combination I do definitely agree and, um, you know, with most professionals that earning a degree, it is extremely important to be able to, you know, to lead a team, to be part of the C-suite, you know, to get to an executive level, that kind of education brings you, it's not only about the piece of paper, but it is about the effort, about the commitment, you know, about the discipline of putting yourself through school for those many years. I think that it speaks about character. It speaks about a lot of different things. Um, as a personal experience, I will share with you, um, I do not have a bachelor's degree. I only have an associate's. And I think back and I honestly, you know, I can tell you, I wish I had it. I wished I had, you know, remained committed, didn't let, you know, the situations of life, you know, get in the way for me not to finish that, that part of, you know, my life cycle. With, with saying this, I think that relevant experience and wanting to, to commit yourself to self-improvement, it's also a, a plus and a must. Because you can have a bachelor's degree, but don't have relevant experience in the field. Uh, and you have to start from the bottom. I believe that the best leaders out there, and I you know, I, I happen to report to one of them, so I can tell you 100% this is true. The best leaders out there are those who start from the bottom, who know every single piece of, you know, the puzzle. They have done every job. They understand from the bottom up what needs to happen for the company, you know, to be successful, for the organization to be productive, and for the team to be able to work, you know, cross-functionally, and to develop every individual. So to me, to be in an executive role typically comes hand to hand with leadership. So I truly believe that the combination between a degree and, you know, experience and the, the continuous education and self-commitment of wanting, you know, to get better, to learn more, it is definitely um, the key to success, at least in that capacity. Um, that, that will be definitely my, my advice. In my personal experience, I just acquired the APHR, that it's, you know, a, a global certification for human resources. It's an associate. The year before then, I got the CPC, that it's, you know, the, the certified uh, professional consultant exclusively for recruiting. And I believe that those kind of tools are out there for us to, to continue our education, to continue, you know, polishing our skills and to keep learning. You are an executive, if you are in the C-suite, if you are a leader, you never stop learning. So I feel a combination will be the key. 
Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that, Sam. I think that's um, really inspiring to to our subscribers to hear, you know, there's multiple paths, I think, you know, to, to leadership, to excelling in your career, uh, whatever that may be. And, um, you know, I remember back in, in like high school, there was this idea that you, you finished high school, you graduated, you went to college and four years later you graduated and, you know, you went into this career. Um, and sometimes that's not the case, right? Life happens, things, you know, get in the way and you don't really get to follow that kind of prescribed path that, that most people think is what they're going to do. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's important and I, and I appreciate you sharing, right? There's multiple paths. Um, a combination of, of both is good, you know, for myself, um, I got into leadership, but before I had a degree, I was still going to school. And um, for me, it was it was helpful because I was learning as I was going, so to speak, right? Like as I was um, coming across situations that I'm like, e, this is this is interesting. Uh, I was like covering that topic in school. So for me, um, kind of the trajectory in which I went, it, it was very helpful um, because I, I lacked the experience, like you're saying, right? So for me, they, they kind of complemented each other as I was gaining experience. I was learning at the same time. So, you know, my, my path was a little bit different. It took me quite a while to get my, uh, to get my degree finished because I was doing both at the same time. Um, I know people who go into leadership and they excel in their careers without any degrees at all. And then later on, they decide to do it right when they're like, okay, I'm at a point where, I, in order for me to continue to add value, I need to, you know, broaden my horizon. So they'll, you know, go back to school and things like that. So definitely agree. There's um, a lot of different paths that people can go on. So I'm glad to hear that from an HR uh, expert, right? That these are, there's different paths and it's not going to be a, a one size fits all. Right. I, um, as we were talking and, and you were sharing about kind of starting from, from the bottom up, um, that kind of resonated with me. I was I was reading um, Laws of Leadership, a, a John Maxwell book, and in that book, it was talking about uh, how anybody can steer a ship, right? Like anybody can. I don't want to say drive it, <laughs> but clearly, <laughs> I'm not a uh, I'm not a sailor, um, so I don't know the right term. But uh, but it takes a true leader to chart the course, right? To Kind of create the course that you're going to navigate through so um i truly do kind of i truly do believe what you're saying as far as like when you start from the bottom when you learn what it's like in every role it does it does help you learn to chart the course better right because you understand the experience that people are going through and it helps you see it through the eyes of those that you're leading so um i i definitely see the value in that as well so thank you so much for, for sharing your, your thoughts on that one it's time for us to take a short break, but when we get back, we'll jump into resumes, what common mistakes people make when preparing their resume, and what are things they can do to punch those up and get ready for their executive interview. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at modern underscore leader one. For more information about Modern Leader, visit us at www.modernleader.net. Hello and welcome back. 
All right, so diving into our next topic that I wanted to cover, I wanted to talk about common mistakes that people make on their resumes. Um, oftentimes, I, I feel like people are under the impression that they've done everything, you know, they've done the work, whether it be through experience or it be through a degree, whatever route they decided to take, and they're ready, uh, or a combination of both, right? Um, and they're ready now to apply for that next level position, that executive position, and they do it, and they don't even get an interview, right? So they go back to like, what's the problem here? And the only thing that we can think about or think of is that it's something in their resume that isn't quite setting them up the way that they thought uh, they'd be set up through their combination of experience or degree or what have you, right? So um, I want to focus a little bit on like, what are common mistakes that people make on their resume? Okay, sure. Um, I was able to speak to this a couple of months ago in a conference with Goodwill. And I will tell you what my findings typically have been. Um, the first and most uh, common mistake is having spelling errors and bad grammar. So, I, I mean, I will speak for experience again, right? I was born and raised in Mexico. English, it's my second language. So sometimes I struggle with the grammar, with the writing and translating from Spanish uh, into English, right? But it is very important to use the tools that we have out there. We have Microsoft Word, we have spelling, we have Google, we have different things that can help us make sure that what we are trying to put on paper, it's making sense. Um, the poor formatting, you know, I am not saying go ahead and take a picture, uh, blush it with pink and put perfume on your paper. No, but it is important that it's presentable, that it's clean, that it's clear cut and that you're able to read through it without making an effort. I've seen so cra some crazy resumes out there, right? They have orange, they have blue, they have bold letters, they have little letters, they have pictures. They, so it's, it gets to be too much and difficult to read and to continue kind of like the progress through it. Um, very sometimes that, that it's not original. So if we ask our friends, you know, to let us use the resume as a reference, that's what it is. It's a reference. That does not mean you need to mirror the resume because I think we can pick up on that. We can tell whenever you are Googling all these words versus actually telling the story. Um, I remember I remember the, the word telling the story a couple of you know months ago that I had to give a conference. And I remember, and somebody gave me that advice. It's about how you tell the story and how you tell the story on your resume. How are you telling your story, your professional story? That, that's important. Um, we need to focus on achievements, organizations, volunteer work. People don't think that's important. But nowadays, in the era we are living in, being part of a volunteer group and showcasing that, it's extremely important. Either you serve on a board, you're volunteering your time, you know, in activities during the weekend, you're part of, you know, light the night organization, the food bank, um, church communities, a children's shelter, I mean, you name it, right? But that, that kind of work, it's important. The other thing I will say, you know, or as a mistake, it's not tailoring the resume to a specific role. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we do it very generic. And if we are applying for something that it's extremely specific and it's detailed oriented, including technology, it is very important to use keywords through your story to be able to mirror and showcase that you have this experience. Does this make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. And, um, you know, and, and I think I'm aligned exactly with kind of the things that you're sharing um, and things that I've I've noticed, right, as, as a hiring manager in different roles, where sometimes um, what I noticed when I would receive some of the resumes that were the stronger ones, right, because uh, HR does a good job of kind of filtering through as many of those and, and sending you the, the top ones. Some of the things that were differentiators for me as I was going through my, you know, my stack was um, the, the detail, right? A lot of times it was one after the other. I'm like, okay, so you help the organization achieve their goals. Wonderful. So did the next person and the next person and the next person, but there was no detail as to like, like, how did you do that? Like, what, what exactly, like, tell me what was the thing that you did? Does that make sense? Right. Versus like this really bold or broad statement of like, I helped them achieve their goals or I helped, um, you know, the day-to-day -day management of the team, but there was really no focus on like, what was the result? Like, what did you do? And what was the result? You know, to me, that was important. And, and the reason for that is, um, you know, the, the, depending on the company that I, that I'm working with or partnering with, uh, the day-to-day -day of that particular role might look differently. Some companies lean heavily on technology and some people, uh, don't. Some people, uh, depending on their organizations, they have to put everything in an Excel spreadsheet. Other companies have more technology and it, it's more kind of automated. So the reports and things that they need get pushed to them versus them having to go and pull it from somewhere. Um, so I think it is important to understand like, what was your experience? How did you contribute to make sure that that truly aligns with the organization that you're looking for. And I feel like sometimes people do tend to want that role so much that um, they tend to not really focus on, is this role really going to be a good fit for me, right? And I feel that part of that is understanding, like, here's, here's how I've delivered in the past. Does that align with what you're looking for, for this position and for your organization? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And there's one more thing I would like to add. Nowadays, um, we have a lot of resources. This is, again, where you set yourself apart from being a traditional candidate versus somebody that is wanting to excel and it's truly interested in the role. You have resources. As recruiters, you know, and I know a lot of people in my network that will be happy to look at your resume, to give you 10 minutes of their time and say, you know, this makes sense, this doesn't. I will add this, I will move this. I do it all the time. I do it for my friends. I do it from, you know, my network, my professional network. I do it from, you know, anybody that will require or will need that assistance that will come to me and say, Sam, would you mind? I will never mind. I will always make time because I think that if you have those resources and you have people like us that we do this for our living and we, we look at resumes every day. So we are able to point you in the right direction. Just make that call, you know, ask for help. It's good. It's a good thing. 
Yeah, I know. I love that. I think some people um, kind of get intimidated, right, to go to an expert and be like, hey, cr criticize this or critique it. Um, but I think it, it's exactly like you said. I think if you can lean on an expert to nudge you in the right direction or, or tell you this is completely off, right? <laughs> it's off target. Um, I think that's very valuable and, and it gets you to where you're trying to get a lot mm -hmm. closer, right? So I think that vulnerability of having an expert critique it, although it might feel a little bit scary, right, to, to make yourself vulnerable in that way, I think it's, uh, it's gonna pay off materially, right? Because you are gonna get a, a better product All right. So transitioning here, uh, similarly, the the next part in this interview process of our transition process into uh, executive leadership is the interview process. And yes. uh, the executive interview process is a little bit different than, uh, you know, entry level frontline positions. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, what what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're applying for uh, these executive roles and then they actually land an interview. What are some of the, the common mistakes that, that people are making? Oh, I think that the mistakes in interviews are common. The first thing I will say is being unprepared. Um, we get as humans into this habit and sometimes either we can, it can go both ways. Either you get overexcited, over nervous and overprepared and then you completely have lost track of I mean, this is an interview. It is an opportunity to showcase. You, you need to breathe. You need to be okay. You need to be calm. You need to be consistent and speak, you know, to a certain tone. Or then we are on the other extreme where it's like, well, I'm just going to wing it and see what happens. Depending on the type of role, right? Um, if, I, if you're interviewing for a technical role, for a project management role, for something that requires a lot of attention to detail, for you to articulate process improvements, you need to be prepared. You need to have notes. You need to make sure you're showcasing because this is it. This is your shot to say, I am the candidate that you need. For whenever it's a sales position, whenever it's an entry-level position or a back office position, it is as important to be prepared and showcase and talk about what you bring to the table. So I think definitely being prepared is important and the mistake is being unprepared. Even at this point in age where we're doing everything virtually, um, we are still not dressed according to an interview. You know, it's it is important to understand that that will never go away. If you are trying to land a professional, a profession, a professional job, if you're trying to make it to a corporation, the way you are dressed professionally, it will speak volumes about your character and about who you are and what you bring to the table. That's important. Sometimes talking too much or not enough. Again, I think that um, there has to be a balance. Balance. Sometimes I get, I think we get overexcited and we want to share so much that we lose track. And yeah. then you, I mean, your process of thought. So then it's like, what are you like, what's going on? Like it's too much information and, and the hiring manager is trying to process it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or the other way around where we have to be pulling teeth, you know, <laughs> like, good morning. And how are you? And then the response is like, I'm good. 
you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> I have those. Really? <laughs> yes, I have a lot of those whenever I do my phone screens. And whenever I don't get asked, I mean, it's not about my ego, right? But if I am not asked how I am or, you know, they're trying to connect with me, I'm like, no, like this is a service level position. If you cannot connect with a recruiter, you're not going to connect neither with the hiring managers or my members. So this is not a fit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, it's very common nowadays to talk bad about your last experience at work, mm. uh, to criticize uh, employers, colleagues, even management. The me- that is a red flag for us. If you are not able to put a, the conflict on the side in a professional conversation and you continue to bring it to the table, this is not the place for you, right? And I think no organization would like to take conflict right off the bat. So it's important to love to leave those experiences, think about them as lessons. You know, it is a learning lesson. There's something that I that it was meant to be teached from that experience, but we need to move on. We need to move on. And you can always say things like, I am interested in growing with a larger organization. I have, you know, a different change of vision from what my company does. It's okay to be honest, absolutely. But there's ways of being honest, right? That comes with a professional maturity, in my opinion. Right. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I, as an interviewer, I, I've come across interesting people as well, or interesting scenarios that people have shared that I'm like, we probably could have got that point across without all the details. And then it makes it, it kind of does make you a little bit uncomfortable, right? Like, where, where do we go from here, right? When, yeah. uh, when you've overshared, um, or that kind of wound is still fresh, and you can tell that there's some animosity there, and it kind of the energy shifts, right in the mm-hmm. in the interview. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that preparing for those things in advance like if you really feel that there is like a a culture misalignment um you can simply say that right <laughs> this is a culture misalignment um and as i as i've grown in my career uh you know what i'm looking for in an organization that i'm serving has changed you know whatever the case may be um or i'm looking for more of a collaborative environment if you're saying you know what i don't want to work in this autocratic environment where i'm just told what to do i think you know all of those things are are relevant right if if those are the things that are motivating you to to look elsewhere but i absolutely agree it's it's how how you position it which makes a difference right because as you're uh, in these executive roles and your audience grows um you have to make sure that you're speaking in a way that um it's professional, it's transparent, but at the same time, um, you have to carry yourself with a certain amount of, um, I guess, poise. Yes, absolutely. And I think a combination. My best advice will be, you know, in an interview process, it's important to pay attention to detail. The last thing I forgot to add is ask questions. At the end of the interview, they always ask you, do you have any questions for me? Yes, you should have questions. And if you don't, I mean, that's a red flag because there is no way you can learn so much within the hour about a position, about a hiring manager, about the style, about the company vision. There's so much to ask. So I always, you know, recommend to my candidates three questions, no more. Three questions, it's good to ask the hiring managers and always ask about the company, about the culture, whatever it's important to you, but that is your right time to ask. 
and never ask about salary on the first interview. One of the things that I, I do find very um, interesting is when people don't really try to get a sense for the for the culture, right? I think that for me, at least, that's a really important part of the role is understanding like, how am I going to fit into the the culture, the environment, the, the way that we make decisions, um, mm-hmm. all of those things, because, you know, that can change from company to company. And like, for myself, I'm a very collaborative leader. I like to be in environments where I'm able to have conversations with people, talk through different things, um, have, you know, friendly debate, you know, about what's the right uh, decision, the right road to go down. Um, and for me, that works wonderfully. I think it helps with, you know, the those that I'm partnering with and the people that I'm uh, leading to to really understand kind of what my mind, my mindset is or what my process is, so that they can then be able to um, kind of come in from that angle and, and help me see their perspective if it's different than mine. And it really just creates this synergistic experience where we're all kind of rowing the same direction, even if we have different ideas or, or uh, recommendations. And I love that environment where it's just collaborative. You know, it could be a high state conversation. It doesn't mean that it has to be serious or scary, right? Um, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all striving towards the same goal. So having that type of environment to me is really important. So above, well, you know, what's the salary and all those other things, mm-hmm. like to me, like it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if, if the culture isn't right, then I probably am not going to want to be there, right? So I think uh, really understanding that environment uh, and making sure that it aligns with you, because there's people that are on the opposite side of the spectrum. They're just like, I just want you to give me the short version. I don't want to have a whole lot of conversation. Like, that's not me. I'm really to the point and direct, which is fine, right? It's just a different type of person, a different type of leader, um, understanding how that fits into the organization that you're planning to serve, I think is, is really important from, from the jump. I absolutely, I agree, 100%. Hello and welcome back. What advice do you have for people that want to be in an executive level role within, let's say, um, the next three years, what should they be doing today to prepare for that? That's a wonderful question. I love it. I think, um, you know, the, the tips that I can offer, it's definitely be a leader that it's approachable. Again, you know, we're talking about how you want to be start from the bottom and typically an executive position requires leadership experience, right? Um, be prepared to do that. Be up, I mean, being, I'm sorry, being approachable. Continue your, educa- your education, you know, continue to be one of those people that, that want to learn, you know, how, how do I can get better in my job? What skill can I learn? Because we typically get to those positions and we feel we know everything that we are in this role because we're perfect. And there's, I mean, that, that's a mistake. You wanna me, be one of those leaders that consistently it's learning. It's putting, you know, food forward in learning and, and continue self-development. Um, expand your network. I think that, you know, 
when having a plan to be into those kind of roles, being in a network that will support you, in a network that will offer advice, it's definitely important. Again, being humble enough to make friends in your industry and you know, within your organization. And I'm not necessarily talking about you know, best friends, but I'm talking more about ask for mentorship, ask for, you know, for advice from those that have already made it there, right? Uh, stay focused, you know, if you have a position in mind, if you have a plan, if you have dreams, you need to stay focused, stay on track and stay focused. Um, what else I can say? Um, I think that will be it, you know, continue yeah. all of that network, ex expand your network and, um, and continue your focus, you know, keep moving forward, continue your focus until you get there. You, I think the biggest mistake we make as humans, and I will speak for, on the behalf of my candidates and even myself, mm -hmm. we need to understand that things don't happen whenever we want them to happen and at the time we want them to happen. Mm -hmm. So there's always, you know, a lesson to be learned there. Probably it wasn't the time. Probably it was not meant to be. Probably we still have something to learn in this organization or in this role or around the people I'm working with. So mm -hmm. take always with faith every step and understand that if it's meant to be, and if you continue to work hard, eventually it will happen. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, although um, I agree with everything you said, one of the things that stood out to me was, um, you know, being humble. And the other the other thing you, you said was, you know, just because you're in this role doesn't mean that you know everything, right? Um, I think that's really important for people to recognize. I feel that sometimes there's this pressure because you're in this role to feel like you are perfect like you know everything right and um there's something to having that vulnerability to say like you know as a leader even at this level I struggle with things right there's things that I can do better there's things that I feel I need to learn more about um I don't always have all the answers and I think there's something to that um when it comes to connecting with your team and other people it it, it um it helps build trust in my opinion, right? Like if you if you don't know the answer to something or you don't quite understand something and you don't wanna admit that. So instead of admitting it, you just kind of, you know, dance your way through something. People pick up on that, right? And, mm -hmm. and although maybe it sounded nice and you got through the conversation, what's gonna happen, you know, in my opinion is that it starts to breed distrust. People are like, mm, I don't know if I can trust this person. They're not really being honest. and. Um, once you fracture that trust, uh, it's really difficult to get it back, right? So mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the things that, um, for me, I believe to be really important. Be be honest, be transparent, and be vulnerable enough to admit where, you know what, maybe I'm not the right person to make that decision. And um, be collaborative. Just because exactly. you have direct reports doesn't mean that you're always the right person to make the decision. doesn't mean that you're always the right person to um give input so being able to say you know what i'm i'm not the best person to to suggest something or recommend something here that might be one of my direct reports there's nothing wrong with that and some people feel like oh no because i'm the boss right quote unquote then i should have all the answers and i should be able to make the decisions and 
that really isn't true in in a lot of cases. And sometimes if you are always the right person, that might be a red flag, right? Like, why is it that there's nobody else on your team that is developing and growing enough to be a subject matter expert or be the one to give that advice? So I think that looking at the whole picture, being transparent, being willing to be vulnerable and willing to not always be the, you know, again, quote unquote, smartest person in the room is okay, right? Yes. And, you know, uh, I think that that resonates with me every time. I have reported to leaders, you know, all kinds. You know, I've been in the workforce for more than 16 years. I started when I was three. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. So I think that that is the one thing that will make you or break you. And you have, it's unfortunate, but sometimes we have to learn the hard way. You need to be humble because there's going to be times when you are going to be up there. You're going to be up there. You're going to be shining. You're going to be recognized. You're going to be really, you know, moving forward. But just as life is, that can change in a second. And that is when you realize, you know, if I was humble enough to build relationships around people that I never thought I might need, I never thought I could benefit from that relationship and not benefit in a bad way, right? Not to take yeah. advantage of, but I mean, look at us today, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. two, um, two people that, that started as co-workers working for two different departments and we are sharing all of this yeah. together. You never know. So I think that the biggest mistake as humans, as executives, as professionals, that we make it's that we are we're not humble enough sometimes to be vulnerable to be genuine and to understand that no matter who it is you do not know what can bring that person bring on the future so be kind to everyone yeah. be friends with everyone yeah, be respectful that's... and be collab you know collaborate with everyone mm -hmm. yeah that's such a great point you know i think it's it's so important to remain curious and know, and wonder like, what does this person, you know, what is their, what is their life about? What do they do? And, you know, what is their experience? I think being curious about others, um, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, what I talked about was like being human first. And I think sometimes we forget that at the workplace, you know, behind the title and the role, like we all do the same things, right? We all, you know, wake up in the morning, first and foremost, right? That's a win. Wake up in the morning, we get ready, we, you know, take care of whatever responsibilities we have, we go to work, you know, we're, we're juggling different things, you know, there's this human component that we all share. And I think that if there's nothing else that you have in common with someone, it's that you're humans, right? And, and that you're living life and that you are sharing uh, this journey together, right? Whether it be we work in the same company or in the same industry, or we just live in the same city. There's always something that will tie you together with someone else if you just take the time to have a conversation, right? And, and it's uh, astonishing to me, like how much you can build a relationship just by getting to know somebody a little bit more. So I absolutely agree that that's something that's uh, really critical as you prepare to move into an executive role and, and your span of control and your scope in the organization and level of influence grows. It's important that you be able to connect with others and in a genuine way, as you mentioned earlier, right? Make sure that it's genuine. Find something that you really do have in common or something that you really can, um, you know, 
get on board with, right? Or that you resonate, or that resonates with you. Uh, because again, if it isn't genuine, people will, people will pick up on that. But there is always something that can genuinely connect you with someone as long as you take the time to really explore and, and have those conversations. Yes. All right, Sam. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. We are out of, we're running out of time here. And I feel like I could talk to you for a whole another hour before we... I know this was fun thank uh, you so much for having me yes thank you so much for, for joining me and taking time out of your day you mentioned a little earlier um, in our conversation that you um, are part of a network and I wanted to, to just give you a chance to tell us a little bit about that before we end our, our conversation here and if people want to learn more about it uh, where can they go of course, I, I would love that. So, yes, me, um, one of my very good friends and colleagues, Anna and I, uh, started this um, LinkedIn group. It's called the Recruiting Hub. So basically what it is, it's really a network um, forum for people in our industry, recruiters, HR professionals that are interested in sharing ideas, you know, about the market, about interested or any interesting or relevant topics that could bring value right to our our profession our market our city our community so we started recently uh, a series of panel discussions we started with diversity and inclusion last month and uh, we are working on our next episode it typically takes an hour it's via zoom um, and we have it open, right, for our HR professionals, our community, just to share, you know, ideas. We bring guest speakers that are experts, you know, in a in a specific arena, and um, and we just have fun. So definitely follow us through LinkedIn or reach out to me for more information. But and as soon as I have the topic for for the coming month, I will let you know. Awesome. Thank That's, you. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll also include. Um, a link to the the LinkedIn section um, via my Instagram page and in and, and, um, and my bio section so that people can find it easily um, if they're subscribers. So that's great. I had the opportunity to attend your uh, last session and it was wonderful. I love the, the insight from the different speakers and the different uh, just lenses that were um, shared, right? And, and how people have experienced things and, and everybody's experience is different. And I think that's important to remember. Um, so I think having a platform and a forum where we're discussing our experiences from, you know, from our perspective uh, is really valuable. So uh, thank you for, for working on that and putting that together. And again, thank you for joining me. Um, and above all, thank you so much for being such a great friend. I um, enjoy spending time with you and any talk that I have with you is always uh, time well spent. So thank you so much for, for spending this time with me. Of course, I enjoyed it so much. And likewise, um, hope we can get together soon. And uh, thank you so much for having me and thinking of me. Absolutely. Have a good rest of your day.